Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Today we have Vikshit Rai on the show with us. Vikshit is the co-founder and COO at Finly. Finly simplifies accounts payable for businesses. So, hey Vikshit, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Hey Sunil, uh, thanks for having me on the call. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah Vikshit, like I gave a very short like you know intro like one line about you and Finly. But, you know, we'll talk about Finley over the rest of the episode. But can you tell us more about yourself, your journey into SaaS and, you know, what, what have you been doing before Finley? Yeah, sure. So before this, my co-founder, the current co-founder whom I'm working with, his name is Vivek as such. So Vivek and I have I had co-founded many months before this. This was around uh, 2012. And uh, this was completely in autopilot mode. And while we worked in corporates and startups for around three and a half years, so Mintcoins was a platform wherein, you know, it was crowdsourcing for testing uh, mobile applications. At its peak, it had over 5 million users. As such. So three and a half years, we, we worked along with uh, Mintcoins and we worked with uh, a couple of MNCs and startups through the whole process. And then 2015 is when we, our job, and during this entire span, uh, what we saw is we, there were multiple competitors who came from Mintcoins and uh, most of them raised VC funds and we saw our revenue dwindling down, right? So that experience actually made us rethink of how we are going to look at the business again when we're going to start off in the future. Got it. And that's that's really interesting. And when we were talking about Finley, right, a uh, few few days back, you mentioned that you were working on like a lot of ideas before while you wanted to start Finley, right? And and a couple of them that you pitched to the investors before you went to the customers, right? And you saw that, you know, there's there's a real real positive and a real good response from the investors about this one idea, which which is Finley, right? So curious to know what were the other ideas and and you know, why did you uh, choose this path of you know, like you know having multiple ideas for products and instead of building an MVP and going to the customers, you maybe built an MVP and went to the, the investors, right? So why like why this approach? Sure. So we had a couple of pieces uh, before we wanted to do uh, startup as such. So one of them being SaaS. So so you you you're aware of the, the milk companies, what they call uh, Micromax, Intex, Lava, and Carbon. You were uh, you're mm-hmm. aware of these Indian branded companies that were there for mobile phones. So mm-hmm. what China did is uh, they came to India and they sold the same phones for uh, a lower price because these companies were going to China and buying the hardware uh, and then coming back to India and selling it, right? And China realized like, uh, why do we need to do this? Why why can't we go ahead to the Indian market and market it uh, ourselves and sell it at a lower right. price and mm-hmm. get a functionality as such? And that's where the Xiaomi, Vivo, Oppo and all these companies came up. So what China did with hardware, we did see a potential with software, right? Like we have a lot of engineers out here. These engineers, one of the main reasons we have so many engineers is because of the Infosys and TCS and all the service-based companies that has been in the market for the past 25, 30 years, right? The kind of mm-hmm. infrastructure that China has for hardware, that's the kind of infrastructure that we have for software as such, right? So we always saw this uh, the Indian landscape from this angle, Vivek and myself, right? And mm-hmm. we're very sure about the fact that we wanted to start a software business which can go global at the end of the day, or you know, or a Google will coming out of India with the kind of products that are out there, right? So, so one thing which we were clear of was going in the path of SaaS. Mm-hmm. So, uh, SaaS was one of uh, one thing that we saw, and then we dabbled with a bunch of companies, like uh, a bunch of ideas, like you said. One was SaaS for malls and large retail stores to manage their operations. Mm-hmm. One was SaaS for focus groups. So we've seen before you take a consumer good onto the over to the market, uh, you have focus groups as uh, such, and there's software to man- to gather all this information and 
uh, show the results to the management team and such. Got it. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there was SaaS for real estate companies. And then there was SaaS for finance teams. So a bunch of SaaS, uh, uh, one thing which was clear is we wanted to solve the problem that was in hand using technology and the SaaS. We came up with these five different ideas as such. And what kept, what we kept, you know, uh, moving towards is the SaaS for the finance team. We were trying to understand what was happening there because if you're looking at HR department, the IT department, the sales department in any company, right? There are SaaS adoption has gone uh, to a very large extent, but the finance department does not much of a progress. So one thing we were clear about is building a painkiller, right? So we, uh, we mm-hmm. spoke to uh, investors as well as around 30 to 40 odd CFOs and finance people before building the product. So we created the pitch decks, we sent it to uh, finance teams, we sent it to CFOs and we got a positive response saying that, hey, show me the product. I'd like to go ahead. I'd like to see, uh, I would like to implement it, implement this in my company. I would like to, uh, you know, invest in you guys if, uh, uh, once I see the product, right? Like that kind of traction is, uh, interest is what we saw. And only then we started, you know, going out and building out the product as such. So yeah, yeah, this, 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 you know, this is something that we tried out before we went ahead and built the product. Interesting. And if you can share what sort of responses you got from the investors about Finley, right? Particularly like what kind of like, you know, piqued their interest or, you know, what, what, what was something in, in Finley that they saw and they got excited, right? Sure. So, in fact, the conversations that we constantly had with the investors led to the maturity of the idea of what we had to build itself, right? And uh, the initial idea that we went with was uh, a SaaS product for the finance space. And this was divided into multiple parts, accounts receivables, accounts payables. In accounts payables, there's expense management system. So, multiple different products, we had broken it down. So, as we kept uh, mm-hmm. talking uh, to investors, uh, the investors kept saying that, okay, I've invested in a bunch of these companies. And when they spoke to the founders, they understood managing the expenses is a problem or they're doing it using spreadsheets and email. Right. And, and the idea from investor side is they don't want to replace a product which is already working in a company. They want to see what is on spreadsheets or email and then they want to introduce a product which can replace this. Right. So, that's, that's more easy to, that's more easy from the sales angle as such. So from the investor's uh, point of view, that became very clear that expense management at that point in time, if you're looking at it, mostly was done using spreadsheets and email. And there were APIs from the bank. Banks were opened up at that point in time. That, that was on 2016. Banks were opening up their APIs. And that's where a prepaid card solution and various other instruments were coming in the market to automate the whole process of expense management. So the whole process mm-hmm. of talking to investors led us to you know a, a relationship that we built with Edix at that point of time. And mm-hmm. uh, led us to our first, you know, investment as well and uh, entry into the market. Got it. Interesting. I mean, this is a very uh, different approach, you know, I, at least I have not come across anything like this, but nice. And and I, I guess you raised your first round from Ebix in 2017. Right. So can you tell us more on that? And like, what are you raising for and what were the objectives during that time? Got it. So Ebix Cash uh, is, uh, has its own expertise uh, in payment instruments. Uh, so I can, I was new into the whole fintech space. So I went to Mumbai, spent a good amount of time there uh, building relationships with Ebix Cash as well as multiple banks as such. So through the whole process, you know, we, we understood the payment space uh, really well and we integrated prepaid cards into our platform. So the investment was a mixture of in cash and in kind uh, and through this whole prepaid card uh, integration that they did with us. So one thing which was very clear from our side is we don't build something that's already there in the market. 
So the approach that many other companies have taken is they went ahead and built prepaid card completely from ground up and uh, mm-hmm. into their system, right? But we didn't do that. We went ahead and like eBay Cash is an expert in this. Let's just go and integrate with them. And uh, this technology is going to cost so much money. So instead of investing so much money, we might might as well. take help from ebix ebix cash and also get an introduction to all their uh, existing uh, customers right so it was a, a relationship that we had initially we have uh, with ebix cash when they took us to the market as well as you know they helped us with the integration as such okay interesting and so this this was still like the first maybe your second year of uh, business right like since you started in 2016 right so and and at that time like how how because was the team at finley that was uh, so if you're looking at 2016 it was mostly dabbling with these different ideas and talking to investors and talking to uh, customers uh, it, we spent roughly around a year and a half uh, mm-hmm. in this whole process so this was somewhere around 2017 end of 2017 and we just three people as a team <laughs> there was just three oh people. wow <laughs> that's that's very small but then but then you know after after this how did you go about like hiring your first few employees right because i think that those three people are all co-founders and all of you guys but then once you now once you figure out like you know you have a business and you have a product and you are, you want to scale up right so how did you go about like you know hiring your first uh, set of employees because you know that's th- those people are some something different right you have to like uh, trust them and you have to sell your company to them because you know why should they come and join you at such right. an early stage right so maybe right. you can tell us like wh- what what are the things that that worked for you when you hired the first few set of people yeah so it's two of us as co-founders uh, the third person uh, okay. we had recruited him as such one of the key factors that we saw in everyone we recruit is uh, a streak of uh, entrepreneurial spirit right that's something Got that it. we look at it can be anything it can be probably having a blog out there or you've taken some kind of a leadership role somewhere right so that is something that we've always looked out for what's going to be happening is you need to keep giving this pep talks motivational talks every week and that's the mm-hmm. sort of energy we have to do during the initial phase of the company people need needs to be they need to be self motivated and and they need to see the light at the end of the tunnel by themselves right and they need to believe in what we are uh, doing and put themselves in action as such so mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurial spirit is something that we looked at probably they would have started a company in the past or something of those sort. then uh, we uh, got a bunch of folks who have uh, expertise in the finance domain someone mm-hmm. uh, with an accounting background and bcom and more of a, because we were engineers myself and my co-founder comes from they, we come from an engineering background so we got a lot of finance folks in the team to add insights into the product that's being built out as well mm-hmm. as for the communication that's happening with the finance people right and uh, one of the uh, key things we looked at while interviewing folks as well as is uh, hobbies their hobbies what do they do during the weekends as such and folks who are really passionate uh, they generally read and they absorb as much as possible during the weekends as well and they add to the knowledge of the existing team as such so these these are certain qualities uh, that we kept looking out for uh, while recruiting the first bunch of people and yeah yeah so that, that's interesting and and you know just just really curious so did you have any bad hires in the start like you hired someone and you figured out they're just not a good fit and you have to let them go or maybe they yeah, yeah. Uh, they left so if you can share a few course, yeah. uh, the experience in having bad hires and what were those yeah uh, we've had uh, a couple of them i could say uh, it's mostly they're not aligned uh, with the vision and you had to constantly talk to them on a weekly basis and be like you got to do this set the directions for them initially it's, va- it's about wearing multiple hats and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a bunch of folks are you know task driven you give them this task and they keep checking it out right 
and mm-hmm. one one and a half years you have to take up various tasks wear multiple hats and do the best at it right and so a bunch of hires didn't go out well but we also ensured is we took the right action within the first 3 4 months and we opened up to them and said that you know probably we are not aligned here and uh, we've always parted uh, ways in a, a good manner uh, so and we also what we also ensured is we saw the characteristics and the traits of these people and where they would exact fit and found them a uh, job in another company probably a 100 employee company a 150 employee mm-hmm. company uh, while mm-hmm. while we were letting them uh, go so what happened is this this thing towards philly was always that they always remembered us as a company and whenever a lead came in or some kind of opportunity came in they always called me back and called one of our team members back and like hey this is what's happening but they're asking for friendly connect and take off yeah so interesting we built a very good relationship with anyone uh, who's been with a uh, part of our journey as well. that's really great and and how big is the team now so right now we are around uh, 36 people and wow. uh, yeah mm-hmm. 36 people is popular yeah. yeah got it and talking about 2020 right like a very different year for everyone it was a black swan event no one predicted you might have have different strategies when you started in jan and feb 2020 right but eventually right. had to pivot into like doing different things and you know maybe figuring out reducing churn and what not so what if you can share any few learnings uh, that you got in 2020 and you know you're trying to inculcate those those learnings in 2021 as well correct correct so so in the year 2019 uh, we pivoted being an expense management system to an accounts payable system wherein uh, we understood that uh, expense management is only 15% of the expenses that's happening in the company right and accounts payable would be 100% of the non payroll spend uh, so we pivoted from uh, being an expense management to an accounts payable uh, company so in this whole process what happened is in the year t- uh, 2020 uh, we had insights into expenses that in any company so we gave dashboards to our customers wherein they could see how expenses are flowing through as such and they could identify cost saving opportunities right so so, so mm-hmm. something we did here 2020 because we had we we were able to give them a complete visibility into how expenses are flowing through the so those are uh, changes we did but apart from that respect to churn and these kind of thing a lot of small companies uh, smbs whom we had mm-hmm. uh, on board mm-hmm. uh, with us right before coming coming in an, as an expense management system we had a lot of smbs that we had on boarded they churned out either because they shut down or various other such uh, reasons right and it was really sad to see uh, as such we did uh, mm-hmm. uh, open up options for companies with respect to discounts and reducing their spend on our system and things like that so we did whatever we could in that point of time the growth has been the gro- uh, the growth was kind of you know flat for 7 to 8 months because we couldn't onboard any new company and all the there's a lot of chaos in the finance department right the first thing they would want to they wanted to do is not buy anything new at point in time so what had happened is in the year 2019 we we streamlined payables ar- around 5000 crores right mm-hmm. and in the year 2020 we were we were projecting around 14000 crores to be processed through our system but then it went down to 8000 crores we could see the drop in the payables that was happening it's not just right. to us it was uh, th- there was a drop we could see across hundreds of these companies to all their vendors and I, uh, and we have over four lakh vendors on our system right now so imagine mm-hmm. four lakh vendors not being paid on time these four lakh mm. vendors in turn won't be paying uh, uh their hundreds of vendors as such so you could see the ripple effect starting of these 100 odd companies 
Yeah, so, I mean, so it, was, it was a, I think it was a snowball effect rather than a ripple effect, right? <laughs> it was uh, uh, piling up, but interesting, right? And I think you raised another round in, in the middle of all this, right? From Social Cap and Gemba Capital. Yeah, so this was in 2019 before the COVID actually. So when we okay. decided to pivot from being an expense management system to an accounts payable system. So that's when we mm-hmm. raised a, a small round of $500,000 from social capital and Gemba Capital uh, to get to where we are. So what? So so we use this concept called Wadley Maps mm-hmm. to understand what the finance team really needs. And when the CFO and the finance team, what when we broke it down to what they really need, right? We understood what they need is compliance, governance, productivity, accessibility, and visibility. This is These are the five core things that the CFOs and the finance teams need, right? Mm-hmm. So we went behind solving these five core problems when we sat with all the all of our customers, mm-hmm. and that led to us building accounts payable, where an expense management became just a small per, uh, portion of the entire mod product suite that we ended up building. So yeah, so we raised this round of funding in the year 2019, and 2019 is when we pivoted as such, and it's been two years since then, and uh, out of those two two years, it's been eight months of COVID, such to actually say. Got it. <laughs> interesting so and yeah and and what are your objectives then you know as, as a company for 2021 like what are what are you planning to do uh differently or what new initiatives that that you know you have you are taking for this year so one of the things is when we started off we wouldn't have been able to do what we're doing right now if it wasn't for gst in the first place right there's a lot mm-hmm. of government push that's coming in government initiatives that's being taken and e-invoicing is an initiative that's coming this year so we'll be going mm-hmm. hard on e-invoicing wherein we can automate the entire process of transcribing uh invoices for accounts and processing the payments we can offer the entire because of this APIs that's been released by the government mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, we are getting a lot of traction and interest from the Middle East market so the plan is to scale up our business operations uh, out to the Middle East market remote work and the pandemic has further uh, you know increased the need for a system like ours uh, in the market so further expanding our sales team in the Indian market to cater to those, cater to those businesses is something that we are looking for Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so, uh, yeah, what, what, what kind of, you know, strategies that you're planning to, you mentioned you were expanding to the Middle East, right? So can you tell us like a few strategies, like why, why Middle East and why not like US or, you know, Southeast Asia or like different parts? And then what, what, what GTM uh, playbook that you're going to be using, right? What, what, if you have it, uh, whatever you have in mind. Right, that you want to go behind these companies in the Middle East. So we we tied up with a couple of uh, uh, partners who do enterprise sales in the Middle East uh, market, and for us, cold calls and emails works out really well, right? And our CAC and our uh, LTV is really working out with an outbound based uh, process itself. So because our average revenue per account is also really large, outbound really works out well for us. So it's it's just about you know uh, getting the right campaigns to these outbound mechanisms and uh, doubling down on these channel partners we have in the Middle East mm-hmm. and in India to go ahead right like so that that's the DM uh, that we have in place. Cool. I mean this this was really interesting, Vikshit. And you know quickly before we you know round up this episode, we want to shift to lightning round. So I have like three questions for you. So you have to like answer with whatever is on top of your mind, right? Cool. So first one, (laughs) first one, right? What's the one fundamental change you're making in your job in 2021? 
uh, one fundamental change. So we are uh, having my particular job, right? You're saying it's going to be yeah, a hybrid yeah. model, wherein, wherein it's going to be a hybrid model, wherein I don't meet folks on a regular basis. So I take a break off for planning and strategizing, and then for actions, I, I'm going to be meeting all of them to you know, tactically uh, go against every action or problem that's there out there. So plan, strategize by myself, and then go ahead and discuss it with the team, and then convert them into actions. So it's going to be a hybrid mm-hmm. model, not completely remote or completely office based. It's going to be a mix of both. That's that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, second one. What's the one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve in 2020? Uh, so I I have very few beliefs because I feel I'm constantly evolving and new perspectives are constantly being added on. So and my belief system keeps changing when I'm meeting more and more people and I'm absorbing more and more information from books and podcasts. so uh, th- i'm going to constantly read and listen to more and more podcasts and more people and mentors and advisors as such so that that's how i'm going to keep learning as such and reduce the belief systems i have as much as possible and keep an open mind awesome i think this is the one podcast that you listen to as well <laughs> um, yeah, 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 interesting <laughs> cool yeah. uh, like the last one right what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started uh so so since most of what uh, i am doing right now is for the first time it's about increasing the chance of success to reach the goal or the result so in order to do that so it's about having multiple iterations uh, within the short span of time that you have to achieve the result mm-hmm. so basically i could say to sum it down to increase possibilities and probabilities in any task that you take up to increase the, uh, to increase the chance of success interesting so yeah thanks thanks a lot week sheet for you know joining in today and you know sharing all these insights sharing your journey with us very honored to host you on the show and you know sure. you know looking forward for you to listen to more of the episodes <laughs> from this podcast <laughs> uh thanks uh, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast